0: This podcast is presented to you by the Young Adults Ministry of Faith Chapel, San Diego. To find out more, please visit faithchapelsd.com. What are your most dominant thoughts? What are your most dominant thoughts? This is a question I want to kind of camp on a little bit throughout the evening tonight. I want to talk to you from the context tonight. If I were to title this message, I would entitle it Brainwashed. And we'll talk a little bit about what it means to be brainwashed in a little bit. And you're automatically thinking, "I knew this church was a cult. I'm out of here." Don't don't leave just yet. I'm just joking. You're gonna you're gonna be blessed. The thoughts that have the the power to change your mood, the thoughts that have the power to change your perspective, the thoughts that have the power to literally change your life. Your most dominant thoughts will dictate your attitude, and your attitude will dictate your actions. This is kind of a central theme that I want to talk about throughout tonight. So if you're tracking along with the notes in the app, you can do that. Track along with us in there. But this thought, your most dominant thoughts will dictate your attitude and your attitude will dictate your actions. I was going through some notes when I was sitting with my mentor. I found an old notepad in my filing cabinet in my office and I was kind of combing through it, reading some stuff that he had poured into me back in 2006. And I was just reading through it and finding some cool things. And I wrote this exact phrase down your most dominant thoughts will dictate your attitude and your attitude will dictate your your actions and it just struck a chord in my heart and it really became the central theme of what I want to pour into you guys tonight is what I believe the Spirit of God is saying the war is raging for the dominance of our minds there's a war literally raging for the dominance of our minds and my question for you is, is what if we would begin to think differently what if we would begin to challenge ourselves to think differently than we already do we already are different like let me help you some of you thought i don't know about this whole christianity thing because i don't want to be the weird person you're already the weird person Okay, you're already not the coolest cat around. Okay, let me just help you right off the bat. But when you begin to embrace the fact that your identity is in sonship and daughtership to the king of kings and the Lord of lords, you recognize that you're his beloved. Like we've been talking about all of 2019, when those things become central to how you live your life, how you breathe, how you act, all of those kinds of things, then you need to begin to understand, I need to think in congruence to who I know that I am. If we are a prince, we got to stop thinking like a pauper. If we are royalty, we got to stop thinking like we're this over here. That is not royalty. That is common. No, we are chosen. We are beloved. We need to uh, think like we are wanted, not unwanted. Understand that we are valued, not unworthy. We are powerful, but why are we thinking that we're powerless? We are free, but we still think like slaves. Our thinking dictates so much of how we live our life. And I'm beginning to diagnose some people that I've had relationship with in the church and I'm recognizing they're Christians but they don't think like Christians. They're saved but shoot, they don't think saved. It's like they're just hoping that one day they'll be sinking in the middle of the ocean and they'll close their eyes and reach out and hopefully happen to land in a life vest and and be able to survive and make their way to heaven and get rescued and it's just gonna happen because they claim to be a Christian but on earth we live not like Christians not christ-like something has to change in the way that we think our perception of how we think i'm not wanting to build an argument tonight for the power of positive thinking though i think that there's some good stuff in the power of positive thinking but that's not what my goal is tonight i'm wanting to give you permission to really believe that you are who he says you are not talking about the power of positive thinking let me help you. If you sit there and eat donuts all day and just think, I'm skinny, I'm skinny, I'm skinny, I'm skinny, and you're just pounding donuts and carne asada burritos all day long, it ain't going to help you no matter how hard you think about it, okay? All right? I, I I know the reality of that truth, okay, in many different ways in my life. You can think it all you want, so you can think positively, but it's until our mindset gets in a, in a a congruency with our motivation and our recognition of who we are, that stuff starts to actually shift in the way that we live our life. So if we call ourselves Christ-like, I want to actually start thinking Christ-like. If we call ourselves Pentecostal, which means maybe we believe in the moving of the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit, I want us to actually think, hey, maybe I can move in these types of things too. And it's not just for the supernatural evangelist dude that rolls in and blows out. But this is for you and for me. I am who he says I am and I could do what he says I could do the reason why I had Tim just kinda create a little mood music right here is because we're jumping into the altar call right here right now I am who he says I am and I could do what he says I could do if you try to do what he says you can do without recognizing you are who he says you are you're gonna get into a works mentality and get yourself into trouble but when you recognize that you are who he says you are. When you recognize you're his beloved and he's crazy about you. When you recognize how much he's obsessed with you and you come from a place of an identity, understanding, recognizing how lovely you are in the eyes of the Lord. You'll begin to, to consequently make a byproduct of your, of your belief system that will live out the things Jesus said you could do. And I think that we shouldn't just stop at knowing who we are and not do what we're supposed to do, just like I don't think that we should try to do what we're supposed to do without recognizing who we are. Are you checking with me so far or are you wildly confused already? The reason why I want you to catch this really quick and really early is because I'm feeling a shift in our heart that, since we've been in this room we've been talking about uh, beloved identity for a long period of time and one of the main reasons why we did that was because the lord i think was assuring my heart and telling us we got to really understand who we are we got to really really know it and i want us to capture it and we are a lot of things in the eyes of god but man we are his beloved first and foremost more than we are all these other things you have to see yourself as just the the loved one of almighty god he's crazy about you but let's not just stop there and feel ooey gooey because he loves us Let's begin to make a mental ascent into the hill of the Lord and begin to say, maybe I need to start taking steps of doing the things he's called me to do because of who I am. And it's going to start with our thinking. Now, this shouldn't take a long time for you to realize if you need to respond to this in just a second. But what I want you to do is I want you to be very bold in just this moment. I know this is different than how we typically do it. That's okay. You'll be fine. If you already know that your thinking is a challenge, when we talk about the things of the kingdom of God, we talk about who we are as Christians and what he's called us to do and how we're called to live, and you know that your mind gets in your way of that. You've already recognized this. You've already dialed this in. We wanna pray for you right here, right now. What I want you to do is I want you to stand up. We're we're just gonna pray right now in the middle of the service. You know that you're thinking, getting your thinking aligned with what, who God says you are. Maybe you, f- you don't feel like you're anything special even though God says you're everything special. Maybe you don't feel like you're beautiful even though He looks at you and says you are so incredibly gorgeous. Maybe you don't feel like you're important even though He looks at you and He says, I'm the most powerful, amazing, almighty being in all of the earth and all I see is you. You're so important to me. If you would begin to see yourself as important as I see, your life would radically change. You hear the things that are called for you to do in your life, and you're just like, I don't know how I'm ever going to do that. I'm just going to leave that to somebody else because my head is getting in my own way. We don't have to wait to get to the end of the service to, for us to recognize this. I want to be able to pray now because I feel like there's something spiritual attached to this. I want to break that sucker now so that the rest of the stuff can come in through the mind and to the spirit and it would be a blessing and not something that's hindered because of our you're going to hear a whole another message tonight and you're not going to catch any of it because you're already convinced you don't believe it. Does that make sense? Does it make sense why we need to deal with this now? Last second if you have a if you still feel like you need to stand up, now's the, the moment to stand up. I want to pray for you real fast. Would you just close your eyes? Oh Jesus, let this be the the moment. Lord, we repent. God, I, I'm standing too. I repent. I know I'm not thinking the way I need to be thinking. My mind gets in my way. I need to change. And everybody else that's standing, we're recognizing, God, we need to change. Oh, shift this in us, God. shift our thinking, God. Even here and even now, God, I'm asking, Holy Spirit of grace, won't you come? and change the way that we think get our mind into alignment with the mind of almighty god lord let us not miss another one of your truths simply because we don't know how to think in accordance with what you say about us god i'm praying for blessings to come upon all of our minds even now in the name of jesus I come against the enemy in the mighty name of Jesus Christ and I silence the voice of the enemy that tells you these lies, that feels like he's got his his little claws dug into our brains and, and, and everything we hear in the church and when the truth comes and the truth is preached it's always somewhat tainted because the enemy just whispers these, these twisting thoughts in the inside of us because he's got his His talents so wrapped in our mind. God, we just break the power of the enemy tonight in the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord God, that the enemy needs to shut his mouth in this place. And we release the voice of the Holy Spirit to speak with clarity and with confidence to the sons and daughters of God. And we speak to their minds to be enlightened and open right now in the name of Jesus with the authority by the prophetic word of the Lord that I believe is in this house tonight. We prophesy freedom in people's minds in Jesus' name. God, I declare over every single person right now that has made a a declaration in their own heart saying, I know I struggle with this. They would stand up and by the grace of Almighty God, freedom would begin to reign in this room, even here and even now, when not another word would be robbed from them, that their thinking would get aligned with the word of Almighty God, that they would literally be renewed in their mind. And we'll begin to see life differently. We'll begin to pray differently. We'll begin to love our kids differently. We'll begin to love our spouse differently. And We'll begin to love ourselves differently because something's breaking off of us even now. Oh, man. We need this. Mighty God, thank you. Mighty God, thank you. This is why we're here. Because I don't want to leave the same. And I want to leave different. How many people standing right now could say that you feel something changing in your in your body even now, just in your thinking? Would you raise your hand real quick? I see hands up going up all over the place. Can we give God praise for that? <laughs> uh, you could be seated right where you are, Tim. Thank you. You could you could be seated as well. Oh, I felt like <clears throat> talking about this this very subject tonight and. I just feel like there's such a grace in the room for people that, man, if we can't get past this because this is already, I'm not talking about perverted in a sexual sense. I'm talking about it's perverted in some things and just how we see God. And so when we come, it's like everything we get is already going through a bad filter. There's a reason why we change, you know, our oil filters and our water filters and things like that is because when it gets dirty, and the filter's dirty, anything else, even if it's good and fresh comes through it, it gets tainted, right? So you gotta change the filter. And so like the filter of our mind has just gotta be renewed. And I really feel like that's a great picture for what the Lord wants to do tonight because sometimes we come into church and we're constantly getting good water, good stuff, good fresh, oh man, good oil, all that's great, I love it. But it's coming through this tainted filter. And, and we, don't, we don't need to just, like, clean the filter up. We need, like, an exchange to take place. We need to, like, get rid of the old and let God birth something fresh and new on the inside of us so that we could receive something pure from Almighty God. Amen? I want that for you. So I want to brainwash you. <laughs> it sounds so bad. Um, This, like, brainwashed thought comes from such a a, a negative connotation. And I I actually, it struck me. I actually heard it preached not that long ago, and they mentioned the term being brainwashed. And when it was mentioned, it kind of hit me wrong because I was like, whoa, I I only hear the word brainwashed always in, like, a negative connotation, like some crazy place that's trying to brainwash you. Or um, I heard about, you know, just different psychology things when people who were prisoners of war and they would get brainwashed into just different ideologies and ways of thinking. And it was always really, really bad. So I kind of just looked into it a little bit, and as I looked into it, I found out it's a verb, and it means to affect a radical change. Everyone say radical change. To affect a radical change in the ideas and beliefs of a person there were several different definitions of it, but this one made a lot of sense, to affect a radical change in the ideas and beliefs of a person. So it was something that would take place, and again, this negative connotation always came, it was very forceful, it was usually not something that was like wanting to be received by the individual, which I think is kind of like uh, a big difference in what we're talking about tonight. The primary difference that we're talking about is uh, I'm not here to force an ideology or a thought process into your life without your consent. What I'm wanting to do is encourage you to open up your mind, heart, and spirit, and soul, just say God I, I trust you I know that you are good so begin to have access to the areas of my life that have been closed off to you especially in my mind and in my thinking you're welcoming something that the Holy Spirit who will not hurt you because our God is a good God and he only gives good gifts to his children okay we learned that in James chapter 1 and he's he's a good God he wants to only he comes he, he is blessings and and, and positive things that are going to help you. And so I believe the change in thinking that he wants to do in our lives here tonight is only going to be a beneficial thing. So it's an idea of being brainwashed, but only from a healthy standpoint, okay? It's also thought of like uh, a thought reform was another explanation that I saw when I kind of studied this. It's a thought reform. And so what I'm trying to do is take this out of like a negative evil, you know, connotation that it kind of has to it and just say, God, yeah, reform my thoughts as I surrender and yield myself to the Holy Spirit of God to change the way that I think to align my life with the way that you're thinking and how you live your life. Amen. I mean, that's as Bible as it gets right there. So that's why. We're talking about that tonight. So I'll take that all day. If we came in with a dirty brain or a bad way of thinking, a little brainwashing might not be such a bad idea. We've just got to let the Holy Spirit wash our brains and not Josiah. Let the Holy Spirit do it, okay? So we need to embrace a radical shift in the way that we think so we can get aligned with him. Let me give you some Bible for this, okay? Ephesians chapter 4, verse 21. In the NLT, it reads like this. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and your attitudes. Hello, back to what we were talking about in our opening remarks tonight. Let the Holy Spirit renew your thoughts and your attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Check this out. Your response to the opening statement of tonight, which was your most dominant thoughts will dictate your attitudes, There must be an action of choosing to put on the new nature created to be like God and truly righteous. So remember... Our most dominant thoughts will dictate our attitudes, and our attitudes going to dictate our actions, right? But there is a choice that you and I have to make, a choice to clothe ourselves with Christ, a choice to choose to be like him and to follow the reality that follows being like him, not the reality that I so choose here on earth. The Holy Spirit of God is helping us to do this. It's the Spirit that renews our thoughts and our attitudes. He is our teacher. He is the one illuminating the truth to us I honestly believe this Holy Spirit is wasting no life experiences none no matter how good or how terrible okay he's wasting no life experiences so you can bank on the fact that whatever you're going through in this life the Holy Spirit of God is right there going with, through it with you he is there to be a comfort comfort to you in rough times to be a teacher, an instructor, a guide, a helpmate, an advocate. He's here with you through everything that you're going through. This has been a somewhat rough year for us. I lost my mom back in February, and on Saturday night, my grandma died. So I haven't had anybody that's been super close to me pass away my whole life, really, not anybody that was very close. And now in a short amount of time, there's been two. And I'm like, whoa, so this is like kind of a hard month. But you know what? I also have a perspective shift that has made the reality of heaven so real to me that I'm not hurting, mourning, or crying, or broken like I thought I would be. It doesn't mean I haven't shed tears. I've cried more this year than ever. (laughs) So it doesn't mean I'm like, everything's absolutely perfect. No, but what I am understanding, do I miss them? Yeah, all those kinds of things really fall into place. But what I'm also recognizing is, man, the reality of heaven is becoming so much more real to me now than ever before. And I feel the Holy Spirit shifting my thinking concerning eternity and concerning heaven being so near and not just some far distant off place somewhere in the galaxy. Okay? You don't need the Millennium Falcon to get to heaven. Like, it's much more present than you thought. Star Wars joke. Okay. Rather, he is using everything that we experience as a tutor for our spiritual growth. And if we'll allow our mind and our spirit to receive that instruction, it'll really help us. I think that last little caveat's really big. If we'll allow our mind and our spirit to receive the instruction... It's up to you and I to allow our mind and our spirit to receive the instruction that the Holy Spirit wants to give us. You, you know that this is true because if there's Christians all over the place and they all have the same spirit raising that raised Christ Jesus from the dead dwelling inside their mortal bodies and they all have the same Holy Spirit living inside of them. But many of us live completely differently as Christians than some other people that are Christians. Does this make sense? Like you look at one Christian who's really walking in their relationship with God in such a strong way, and you look at somebody else, and they're like on a whole other side of the spectrum. It's because we have to submit ourselves to the tutelage of what the Holy Spirit is saying to us. It goes back to what I just said. It will allow in our mind and our spirit to receive the instruction from the Holy Spirit. That's such a big piece of this. So the Holy Spirit of God's on the inside, but we could choose to not submit or yield to what it is he's telling us to do. How many people in this room can testify that we've done that? When we got saved, Holy Spirit convicted you and I of things we should stop saying, stop looking at, stop listening to, stop acting like, and yet we chose to ignore that voice, right? (laughs) Many of us, all four of us in the room that are honest. So... I mean, it takes a, a, a good teacher like the Holy Spirit to, to take the lessons of the, of the life that we're living and to instruct the student. And it takes a good student to open up our mind and our spirit and to say, yes, Lord, teach me more. Use this negative circumstance to teach and instruct me more. Use this circumstance like when I come home and my car gets towed in the middle of the night like happened to the Coopers. <laughs> to instruct me and to sharpen me. Use this circumstance like when death is hidden in striking my family in a way I'm not used to as a way to tutor me and to teach me and to grow me. James put it like this, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Don't we just hate that verse? Sure, James, sounds like a ball. Sounds like fun. I'm going to punch you in your lip. No, like that's, that's how you feel kind of like, thanks, James. But the bottom line is, it's the student saying, I submit to the teacher really, really big. He's not going to waste any of these things. And and, and then when we have life experiences and we don't learn from them, we're going to get in trouble. But the Holy Spirit's going to help you. I mean, sometimes you don't need the Holy Spirit. I mean, sometimes things are just obvious and you should just learn from it. I'll tell you a quick story. <laughs> I just thought of this. Um, me and my wife, for Valentine's Day, I was like, what's romantic? Okay, me and the wife are gonna go out to eat and we're gonna get a couple's massage, right? Gonna, we don't get massages very often. But we're like, we're gonna get a couple's massage. My back's always jacked, right? So we go to this place and, like, right around the corner is the restaurant we wanna eat at. So we're like, perfect. So we go in and we're like real cheap. So we get Groupons, right? So we got a Groupon. And uh, so we go in and we're in this, like, couple's massage place, whatever. And so my wife's getting a massage and, and then this lady's gonna massage me and, like, she's got some muscle, okay? Let's just say that. And so, um, so she's, we're telling them, like, hey, am I my back's sometimes a little bit jacked up and whatever. And she's like, Oh, like, you know, where's the paint at? I'm like, It's here, it's there, whatever. And so, like, okay, cool. I'm like, Every time I've ever gotten a massage, it's always like really dainty and I can't even feel it. And I feel like this is a waste. I'm like, You got to get in the meat, lady. Like, let's go, right? So, Anyway, so she's like, okay, sure. She's like, trust me, I've done massages on like really large football players and stuff like that, and your frail little body will be, like, I can I can make you feel it, all right? And I'm like, whatever. So sure enough, she's like getting in the meat a little bit, and, and then all of a sudden, she kind of gets to the area where my, where my back hurts, and this is like two minutes into the massage, okay? And uh, I'm like, yeah, that's where it hurts. Like, that's the area. And she's like, well, I could release that pain for you, but it's going to really hurt. So I look over at Ashley, who's just like smiling all happy and just like, really comfortable and just loving her massage and uh the lady that's massaging ashley she's like it's gonna really hurt but if you can stand the pain then it'll be worth it so i'm like let's go let no problem right so then homegirl starts just, like, really digging into my spine, like, on another level, and it was the most excruciating pain I think I've ever felt. It was awful, right? And so just when you get to the point where you're about to be like, okay, stop, and like I was about to say it, she would, like, stop and then, like, move a couple inches over and, like, start working a muscle over there, you know? So and then that would start to hurt and hurt and hurt and just when it gets to the point where you're about to die, she, like, stops and moves to another spot. And And that went on for an hour, okay? And I'm such a tough guy. Instead of just saying, (laughs) it was too hard. Can you lighten it up a little bit? I had too much pride, right? So I need to learn. So I'm like, oh, I could toughen this out. After it was done, Ashley's like, that was amazing. Let's go get dinner. I'm like, I just got hit by a truck. I feel terrible. We're eating dinner, and I'm trying to not ruin Valentine's Day as my body feels sick because I got toxins all in my body now, and I'm all messed up. So I thought, maybe it'll be worth it, and my back will feel better over the next several days. No. For like two weeks, I felt awful, just absolutely terrible, right? My point is, I should have learned from the experience. And some of the stuff that I did learn as I thought about it was, she told me, if you could stand the pain, it'll be worth it. Well, guess what? I withstood the pain, and it was not worth it. (laughs) Not even the slightest bit. (laughs) Because the reason why was because, as we later found out, (laughs) the root issue that I was dealing with was... Not what she was addressing in the massage. I learned this a little bit about my back a little bit later. I was swatting at symptoms instead of dealing with the root issue. I was swatting at symptoms instead of dealing with the root issue. Much of what we struggle with are symptoms. We're trying to manage, but the root issue is how we think. He's attempting to alert this to our attention, this evening we swat at symptoms i'm frustrated i don't get this they won't change that i've asked god for this and it's not happening and we get frustrated about things about the kingdom of god or about our faith or about our relationship with one with another or whatever it might be but the real issue is how we think and so we keep addressing symptoms and never addressing issues colossians chapter 3 paul the apostle puts it like this he says this in the passion translation Christ's resurrection is your resurrection too. This is why we are to yearn for all that is above. For that's where Christ sits, enthroned at the place of all power, honor, and authority. Yes, feast on all the treasures of the heavenly realm and fill your thoughts with heavenly realities and not with the distractions of the natural realm. I like the way he words this. Fill your mind with the right stuff. If you've been in here at any point in time, you've heard me talk about it's not emptying our mind with all the bad stuff. It's about filling our mind with all the right stuff. And if we'll fill our mind with all the right stuff, it'll push out all of the bad stuff. Amen? Put more of the good stuff on the inside of us. You see, there is a superior reality that we have citizenship in, a spiritual world. That reality must influence this natural reality, not the other way around. Because spiritually speaking, you're his beloved and he's absolutely crazy about you. You have the spirit of God residing on the inside of you. You are royalty. You carry power. You have no reason to be afraid. So perhaps it's time to start declaring those truths over The depression, the anxiety, the bondages of sin and the lack of self-worth, all of the symptom issues, if we would begin to address the root issue in our mind and start declaring what God says about our lifestyle, our symptoms might begin to fade. Amen? Fill your carnal mind with what the Spirit of God is speaking over your life. Fill our carnal mind with what the Spirit of God is speaking over your life. This is going to help you tremendously so we develop relationship with the Holy Spirit and we begin to understand what it is he's saying about us I'll give you a hint here's a great place to start (laughs) this will keep you busy for about 500 years right there filling your mind with what he's saying about you and me and choosing to believe that verse 3 your crucifixion with Christ has severed the tide of this life and now your true life is hidden away in God in Christ And as Christ himself is seen for who he really is, who you really are will also be revealed, for you are now one with him in his glory. Dude, check it out. Our rebirth as Christians has severed the tie to this life, and now our true life is hidden away in God in Christ. We've got to believe that what we carry, furthermore, who we are is greater than our opposing force. We have got to believe that what we carry, furthermore, Who we are is greater than any opposing force. You know, if if we would begin to believe that who we are and what we carry on the inside of us is actually greater than any opposing force that's out there, maybe we would begin to see the miraculous breakthrough in our life in a whole other way. Because we would recognize the spirit of God that lives on the inside of me and the fire that burns on the inside of me is so much greater than the mental illness this person struggles with. And the fire that's on the inside of me and the faith that I have is so much greater than this cancer. And it's so much greater than this brokenness. And it's so much greater than this fading marriage. And it's so much greater than this rebellious child. There is something that I carry that is literally superior. The way I think literally changes the natural realm and what happens in the natural realm. Because we appeal to a spiritual reality. Bro, it's either real or it's not real. Like, that's either real or not real. The Bible's either true or not true. So if that's true, you and I need to make a conscientious decision to step out of what we see in our natural reality and get into a spiritual way of thinking that affects our natural reality. We need to start living up here. We spend so much time down here. We need to start living up on the mountaintop. We need to change the way we think. It's going to radically help us. If we're convinced that what's inside of us is greater than any opposing force, stuff will happen. We'll see demonic oppression leave, and we'll see bondages broken. Here's a quote for you real fast. It's in Pastor Bill Johnson's book, God is Good. It's a great book. I suggest you read it. It says this, Without the outpouring of the Spirit, the church becomes more concerned with being contaminated by evil than we are with contaminating the world with righteousness. Stop. Read it again. Without the outpouring of the Spirit, the church becomes more concerned with being contaminated by evil. Ew! Than we are with contaminating the world with righteousness. While we should never take sin lightly, neither should we be ignorant of the power of holiness. We're so worried about getting affected by all of the bad stuff, we don't even think about affecting the bad stuff with the good stuff that resides within me. I love this. Now, I'm not saying let's be dumb and just be ignorant and go get into trouble and hang around a big old bed full of germs and let's just get sick you know, for the sake of getting sick. But what I do believe is I carry something on the inside of me that shields me from all of that stuff so I can go in as an agent of healing and not think that I'm going to contract whatever sick virus that this person's got. Because greater is he that is in me, right? It's either real or it's not real. Now, again, I'm saying we should use wisdom, and God will help you and guide you in all of that. So let's not be dumb or ignorant about it. But we should definitely recognize the holiness that's on the inside of me is way greater than any of this other stuff. And that's got to change in the way that we think. Romans 12. I mean, i got to go fast. Woo! I'm supposed to be dismissed like eight minutes ago. Okay, here we go. Romans 12.1. I'll just do this tonight. If you need to go, you're free to go. You're officially dismissed, but I encourage you to linger for a couple more minutes. Let me get through some stuff I think is going to help you. Romans 12.1. Beloved friends, what should be our proper response to God's marvelous miracles? Mercies. Mercies. I encourage you to surrender yourself to God to be His sacred living sacrifices and live in holiness, experiencing all that delights His heart. For this becomes your genuine expression of worship. Watch verse 2. You guys already know Romans 1 1 and 2, but when, when It's in the Passion Translation. He just brings it out in a whole new light. It's really amazing. Verse 2, stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you, but be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. I love this. Be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. This is the path to the beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. What makes it so beautiful and satisfying is a radical reformation in the way that we think, so that our dominant thoughts influence our attitude and leads to an influence in our actions. We want to live a life that pleases God, we need to change the way that we think so that our dominant thoughts will begin to influence our attitude towards life and then ultimately how we live this out. But it starts up here. It starts with a yieldedness and a surrendering to the spirit of God saying, yes, God, you know better than I do, so I welcome you into my life to start adjusting things and cleaning out the cobwebs because I'm not as smart as I thought I was and I need your help and I don't have all the answers. Listen, I know you went to two years of seminary, and I know that you were on the, on the elder board at your last church, and I know that all this stuff, and you've read the Bible cover to cover, and I know I'm just a dumb kid up here trying to figure this all out, but at the end of the day, I sit before God and I say, Holy Spirit, you know all things, and I'm learning to yield myself to you, so in humility, would you instruct us if we recognize we don't have this all figured out? And because we don't have this all figured out, all the more we lean on you, amen? That's going to help us. What still needs to change in your thinking? What still needs to change in your thinking? And you might hear this message and be like, oh, cool, yeah, good word, whatever, you know, but I'm already a very mature Christian. I've grown in God. I teach. I do this and that. What still needs to change in the way that you think? Josiah, what still needs to change in the way I think? there's still some things that are not completely lined up with how he sees me or he thinks about me or how I should be thinking in my day-to-day life. I need to change that. I'm going to read you this little portion of Scripture as well. This is really good. It says this in 1 Corinthians 2, But God now unveils these profound realities to us by the Spirit. Yes, he has revealed to us in his inmost heart, our deep. I'm sorry, up to his inmost heart and deepest mysteries through the Holy Spirit who constantly explores all things. After all, who can really see into a person's heart and know his hidden impulses except for that person's spirit? So it is with God. His thoughts and secrets are only fully understood by his Spirit, the Spirit of God. For we did not receive the spirit of this world system, but the spirit of God, so that we might come to understand and experience all that grace has lavished upon us. And we articulate these realities with the words imparted to us by the spirit and not with the words taught by human wisdom. We join together spirit-revealed truths with spirit-revealed words. Someone living on an entirely human level rejects the revelations of God's spirit, for they make no sense to him. He can't understand the revelations of the Spirit because they are only discovered by the illumination of the Spirit. Those who live in the Spirit are able to carefully evaluate all things, and they are subject to the scrutiny of no one but God. For who has ever intimately known the mind of the Lord Yahweh well enough to become His counselor? Christ has, and we we possess Christ's perceptions. I'll read the last part. Christ has and we possess Christ's perceptions. To summarize that whole thing, when we're thinking carnally, and we're not allowing our mind to be submitted and yielded and tutored by the Holy Spirit of God on the inside of us, renewing our mind, changing the way that we think, how are we ever supposed to begin to understand anything about God's realities? Those things are only spiritually discerned. And that last part that he says right there, he's really saying, in another version, he just says, you have the mind of Christ. You already have this. It's just a matter of using it. It's already available to you. It's just recognizing, God, I've had way too many things getting in the way of my thinking that I am not receiving the way that you are wanting to help me think, so change me. In conclusion, I want to just leave you with this thought. We can't believe right if we don't think right. We just can't believe right. And this whole thing is built on faith. This whole thing is built on believing in a God that you and I cannot see. So there's an element of faith and belief that comes into this. But if we can't think right, how are we ever supposed to believe right? And the, the trap we fall into is we actually think we believe just fine. That was the trap I was in. I think I'm nothing wrong with my thinking. I think my thinking is pretty good. Probably help somebody. The Holy Spirit's like, you're awesome. Look how awesome you are. Until I begin to sit down and realize maybe my thinking's not as great as it's supposed to be because when I look at how I live my life and how I apply my faith my belief and my thinking I realize dude I'm falling short and conviction hits me but not in a negative way to make me feel condemned in an encouraging way that makes me feel provoked to say okay I'm taking the lid off and saying Holy Spirit come in and start doing work change the way I think because I want my dominant thoughts to be thoughts of you And I want those dominant thoughts to influence my attitude and to influence how I live my life. And I just dare to believe that maybe my life will literally start to look different. How I pray will be different. How I pray for you will be different. How I spend my money will be different. How I act will be different. When my kids get me frustrated, how I respond will be different. When my wife, who's perfect and never gets me frustrated, continues to be perfect, I will respond well. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That didn't make any sense. You get the point. This this works. Like, I really believe this. So I want to pray for you. We already had the altar call, and I borrowed more minutes than I should. So I want to pray for you one more time. Holy Spirit, thank you. God, I'm asking for a revelation in the minds of every single person here. That we would sit back and we would go, man, maybe just because I thought I knew and I had answers and solutions. and whew, Lord, if if these thoughts weren't your thoughts, then maybe I really didn't get a kingdom <laughs> understanding on something that I thought I did. And I need to change that. Help me, God. And maybe the enemy has come in and helped us to believe lives, lies so, um, so fully so convincingly we've been so persuaded by something that maybe is partially true but not entirely true and because of that we're, we're not living up to the potential you've called us to live at we're not convinced of how convinced you are concerning situations in our lives for us because we don't think right so change the way we think tonight god let Romans 12, 1 and 2 come alive to the inside of us. Let these scriptures we devoured tonight, God, literally come alive. Let 1 Corinthians 2 come alive to us tonight. Let it just be just literally doing surgery on our brains. <laughs> From the top down, Lord God, I'm asking you would radically change us. So we would live different. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for letting me super, be super honest and with you guys tonight. I know it was a little bit different. I hope that's okay. I love you like crazy. God bless you guys. Thanks for being here tonight. You're free to go. We'll be back here Sunday. I love you. Have a good night.